Good morning. Happy Monday. Let's see if I can get this knocked out before maintenance comes back to literally cut a pipe. They're going to remove a section of pipe in my kitchen because it's leaking. Um, They said they'll be back in about an hour, hour and a half. So I guess we're cutting it close, but I don't think this one's going to be as long as the last one. Last one was like an hour and 15. Um, I don't really know um, how long this is going to be because I don't know how long or how much I'm going to include in this episode of some other things that started happening while the moving scam was going on. I do want to leave those aside for a different episode because it's a different story. Um, But obviously, like, context needs to be included in the moving scam story, even if it pertains to a story that I want to tell completely separately. You know what I mean? So I drink a little too much caffeine this morning. So my palms are sweating. I'm grinding my teeth. Okay, I'm breathing hard. (laughs) And uh, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. I'm usually good about it, but whatever. So we left off in Las Vegas, me and my mom and my cat in the RAV4 living out of a suitcase. Uh, My aunt lives in Vegas, my sister's mom, or (laughs) my mom's sister. And um, yeah, we were were staying there, um, obviously, to see her because it's on the way. And I got a call from one of my really good friends in Denver. One of the reasons why I decided to move back to Denver. Something terrible had happened to her that involved a man. And it's about the worst thing that could happen to a woman done by a man. um, Aside from murder. I don't want to say it because I hate saying it. And it's just too real. So I... You guys know what I'm talking about. And, like, I was shook. Like, and I I was like, you know, our whole friend group, we we were just really going through it. So that was, I remember getting that call and I talked to her out in the car because I didn't want to talk to her in my aunt's apartment with everybody there. Yeah, it was just crazy. It was just I, and, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, I want to be there for you. I'm going to be there for you as best as I can. But you also have to keep in mind that, like, you can't fill somebody else's cup when yours is empty. And, you know, the whole thing of, you know, you shouldn't set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. But you also don't want to be like a dick, you know, you don't be completely selfish. But you do need to be a little bit selfish, And this is what I was struggling with. This is actually the epitome epitome of this year of what I was struggling with. Everybody was all going through their own shit. And people were getting mad at other people for taking care of themselves. And when I say other people were getting mad at other people, I mean my friends were getting mad at me. (laughs) So that happened while we were in Vegas. We left Vegas and we drove to Grand Junction. If it was just me, I would have driven all the way through, but it's like 11 hours, you know? And uh, so we stopped in Grand Junction. I believe that's where we got Cracker Barrel. Mm. And it was 
very delicious. It was so good. And while I was in Vegas, though, actually, rewind. So I was calling places to help move my shit. I don't know who has ever had experience with renting an actual semi truck to pack and load your shit. But it's very involved. I don't have like, you know, somebody, a guy, you know, to go to, you know how like, you have your nail tech, you have the hair salon person, you have people who, oh, this is who I go to or whatever. Okay, so for moving something that flippin' large, that big of a project, you know, where do you find somebody like, you can Google it, and I, that's pretty much what I did, I was just Googling it, calling people, getting quotes, and I was running into this ginormous problem of them being like, we need to see it. We need to see what you have. Can you video call us? And I was like, no, because I'm not there. I am away from my stuff. I have already moved pretty much. It's just I need, I have moved my physical being and now I need you to move my stuff to me. And I don't understand like how they haven't run into that before. Like, I don't know. Like I could just tell you that it's like, half of a one bedroom apartment. And I can tell you that I have a queen size bed that, you know, is the same size everywhere you go. You know how much space that's going to take up because that was the problem. They needed to know how much space that was going to take up because obviously they're not just going to throw my stuff on a 53 foot freaking dry van, you know, on, on a semi. They have other people's stuff they need to take into consideration too. So they need to know how much square footage your shit's going to take up. I get that. But I can tell you what I have like I have a bookshelf like I don't know I don't know what else to do for you because my ex isn't going to cooperate that much longer he was already pitching a fit about my stuff in boxes he literally said this is unsafe I can't live like this This is ridiculous bro what the fuck is unsafe about it if there's a fire you just leave it's not like I barricaded the door with boxes of my shit it's literally pushed up against the wall Honestly, it's just inconvenient. Well, let me tell you, this whole situation is inconvenient for me, for you, for my mom, like for fucking everybody. Nobody is having a good time right now. (laughs) And like for you to ask to be the one who's least inconvenienced when you are already the one who is the least inconvenienced, please like chill I can't, like I said before in the last episode, I can't teleport out of here. I wish I could. Okay. But it's just not going to happen. My shit's there. Where else is going to, I don't know. You were kind enough to say, okay, you don't have to move your stuff out today. And then you complain about it. That's rich. (laughs) I mean, it actually sounds like something like all of us would do. Like I would do that too. (laughs) But still annoying. So, yeah, he was like, I can't even live here. Oh, this is unsafe. This is uninhabitable. (laughs) I don't think he used that word, but that was like the gist of it. And so I'm dealing with that. And while I'm also feeling very rushed to find some movers to help get my shit out of there. You know, I've never done this before. I'm calling. I'm taking notes. I'm getting quotes, you know, sending emails 
listening to voicemails, leaving voicemails, the whole shebang. All the while, I'm a little bit fucked up on prescription Benadryl because I'm still going through post-acute withdrawal syndrome. I'm still going through a breakup. I'm And I'm dealing with the stress of moving. I literally can't think of, I mean, a death in the family. That's the only thing that's missing from this unfortunate situation. And everything else is there, you know. They're literally, there's no more stress to have. We're at the top of it. You know, this is the most I think anyone's ever gone through in the history of everybody. (laughs) At least it's what it felt like to me. So I'm numb. I mean, like, I'm, I'm really just like putting my head down and doing it. There's nothing else I could be doing. I mean, like, I have to just not think about it. My friend's going through this awful, awful situation as well. Like, I just am beside myself with grief. And I even told my ex that. I said, well, that when I couldn't move my stuff out, that's the wordage I used. I said, I am overwhelmed with grief. I've just had so much loss. And it's not something you can just get over. I mean, like I had to pretend that I was not affected by it in order to fulfill the responsibilities of the situation that I was now in. But I'm not perfect and I can't do it perfectly. So obviously I was really struggling. My mental capacity was just fragile in every regard, in dealing with the stress, in dealing with the breakup, in dealing with the learning curve of trying to figure out how to get movers and what I needed to do and all that. And then I ran into another problem, (laughs) obviously. My ex, you know, was not interested in taking a day off, a half day. It would have just been a half day, but, you know, I, I get it. So then I had to find movers who are available on the weekends. <laughs> My God, that's so great. Because <laughs> one, well, shit, everybody wants to move on the weekend. Everybody's like, I have to go to work. Can you come on Saturday, Sunday, whatever? So they're already like booked for that type of shit. And also there are some places, I guess, you just don't even do that. You know, so I'm struggling with availability on the weekends. I'm struggling with the availability in the regard that it's summer and that's when people move. I'm struggling with just the availability of somebody who will um, agree to move my stuff without seeing it first, without knowing the square footage of how much my shit's going to take up. Like this is could not be any worse. I can't think of anything that would be worse than the situation I'm dealing with now. But I found somebody who says, we can take an estimate. Like you can give us, you know, like a rundown of your shit. You know, you have a, well, you don't have a coffee table anymore, but, (laughs) but you have a bed, you have a bookshelf, you have approximately 15 small boxes, approximately seven medium boxes. Okay. We can work with that. And here's the quote. And by the way, it's like $4,000. Okay. And then, and, and I did look up this company, you know, their Yelp was fine, whatever. And so there's that. The salesperson was very nice. Okay. It's fine. And then they say that, we can't take credit cards. Okay, flag number one, which like, 
was there in the back of my head as a flag, but I ignored it because I was like, I'm running into so many issues. Like I cannot for the life of me find a company who's going to move my shit. And my ex is pitching a fit and like, <laughs> I just kind of need to move forward. I, f- I feel, I feel stuck between a rock and a hard place. I feel compelled. I need to move forward with these people. Like I, I, I just feel like I have to. And so me and my mom and now my dad, who's up in Alaska, are trying to figure out how we can come up with this money cash because they don't take credit cards. And my parents are retired and I had some money, but like, I mean, I kind of would have been left with zero if I had done that. And I needed to buy a car when I got to Colorado and, you know, all that. So... Now we're we're trying to figure out how we're going to pay these people. A check, you know, Venmo. They were saying Zelle. Like, okay, again, like red flag. Like what company is like, oh, yeah, we primarily use Zelle. Like, I don't know. Like, oh, God. So we're booking it with them. And I'm, you know, trying to coordinate things with my ex. Are you available Saturday this date? Oh, no, I have an anime convention. <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember if he actually said that. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm trying to coordinate shit with him. We go to Grand Junction. We eat a Cracker Barrel. It's delicious. We drive. It's four hours, I believe, from Grand Junction to Denver. We get to Denver. We're staying in a Motel 6 in Stapleton. If you know, you know. It's actually not that bad of an area, but it is a Motel 6, you know? So... We're there. I saw my friends. It was great. I'm still dealing with this moving thing. So it comes to the point where it's time for them to move my stuff. My ex is there. He takes a picture of the truck, but he doesn't send it to me. He sends me a picture of the documents that he signed. And... I looked at it briefly because I, I think I was busy doing something else. Like I I had needed to buy a car while I, I was there. I don't know if I was actually doing that. But um it was actually kind of creepy is that I didn't have a keychain. I'm getting a little bit off topic here just for a second. But I didn't have a keychain because I had sold both my cars. I didn't have a place to live. I was living in a motel. Like I was figuring out moving into a place with one of my friends. And um, so they had actually signed a lease before I even got there. So I wasn't able to see the apartment. I didn't have the keys yet because we weren't set to move in until um, about a week and a half, two weeks later. And so it was just kind of creepy. I didn't have a keychain, and I had never really been in that situation before where like I didn't have a place to live. I didn't have a car. I didn't have anything that I really needed a keychain for. So yeah, I, I remember being like, tell my mom that where I'm just like, oh my God, this is so weird, like, and kind of sad. Anyway, so he sent me a picture of the documents that he sent or signed um, once the movers were there. And I didn't notice it until a few hours later that the heading, the company who was moving my shit was not the company I hired, obviously, because why would it go smoothly? I mean, it's my life. Nothing ever happens. That's smooth or convenient so obviously it's the di- it's a different company and I was like if you're freaking out a little bit 
I googled this company and their Yelp their Yelp page came up and it was awful. Like like if they could be in negative stars, they would have been like review after review after review people saying it's been 7 months, 8 months, 9 months, I still don't have my stuff. They're holding my stuff hostage. They're asking for 10 grand for my stuff back. So there's that avenue. And then there's another group of people who are saying, we got our stuff after months and thousands of dollars. And it's all destroyed. Pictures of all all their shit destroyed. And And some of it missing. So I call the dispatcher and say, you know, I want my stuff back. Like, and they're like, oh, like, we can't do it. And here's another thing that you have to keep in, into consideration. The way that shipping works and the laws with shipping is once they take your stuff over state lines, they own it. I mean, obviously, you have a contract that, like, you're going to get your stuff back and they don't actually, like, they're not going to own it, own it. But, like, the laws, that's what, the, that that's the law. That's what it says. So, I'm just praying that they haven't taken it over state lines yet. I call saying, you know, like, I, like you're not the company I hired. What is going on here? And this lady freaks out on me. She starts saying racist stuff. She starts swearing at me, like, all the whole nine. And I'm like, okay, this is, like, this is, what, am, what, what, where am I? So I'm trying to negotiate with them to bring my stuff back. And it got to the point where they were still screaming at us. We hadn't sent the check yet. Thank God. Ugh. Oh, my God. We had sent them, like, a $200 deposit that was actually on a credit card. And I told my mom, you fucking refute that with the bank or, like, get your get a refund. That was um, fraud. And so I'm trying to figure out how to get my stuff back through this dispatcher lady who is the devil. And I remember sitting on the bed. My mom is the most stressed I've really ever seen her in my life. She's sitting on one bed. I'm sitting on another. We're facing each other. And we're trying to figure something out because, uh, like, yeah, what am I going to do? So now my head is, I'm going through all the possible scenarios. And one of them is that let them have it. Like, let them have my stuff. If they're going to hold it hostage for 10 grand, I don't have 10 grand worth of stuff. I could replace and honestly, even for the bill they're asking, you know, I think they're asking three or four grand to move it just normally and get it back normally. Um, and just for, you know, their services in general. And I tell my mom, the most expensive thing I have is my mattress. I have a Tempur-Pedic Cool Breeze uh, in a um, medium. <laughs> A queen. Let me just tell you all the specifics of my bed. However, though, I, I really invested in it. 
This mattress cost $3,600. It's an investment. Okay, I had the money at the time from a settlement that I got. Okay, well, and we'll go over that one later. But like, this is my mattress was the only thing I cared about. And I told my mom, there's nothing else of value within my stuff. I had a PlayStation, which is, you know, worth $400, something. Yeah, okay. And a TV that's worth a couple hundred. But that's it. And I can rebuy my mattress, you know, because that, I was really worried they were going to steal it. Like, if I'm going to get my stuff back for $4,000 and my mattress is not going to be there, fuck it. Fuck the whole thing. No, I'm not doing that. And so I said, you know, that's an option, mom. We just, we just kiss a goodbye, honestly. And my mom was sitting on the edge of the bed. She was biting her fingernails, looking down and not really doing or saying or anything else. And I was telling her this. And like, she was just like really heavily affected. Like, she said under her breath, she said, you don't deserve to lose your stuff. I mean, like, duh, obviously. But could you fucking imagine? (laughs) I went through benzo withdrawals. I lost my boyfriend, my dog, my apartment, everything. And then literally everything, all of my stuff. I don't have a place to live. I don't have a car. I don't have a mattress anymore. I don't have anything anymore. Could you imagine? So we're having this conversation in the Motel 6. And we hear two people in a room above us, beside us, somewhere, having loud sex. (laughs) Literally, we're having this conversation and we're hearing these people have sex. And we don't say anything. We don't talk about it. We just talk louder. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So that's the picture. That's what's happening. Most serious conversation I've ever had in my fucking life. Aside from the breakup, I guess, like, whatever. Um, trying to figure out what to do with my stuff. People fucking uh, in the background as background noise. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get a call back from the dispatcher. And she says, we're taking your stuff back to where we got it. But you better be there because we're throwing it out on the curb. Literally, she said that. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Great. I love that. Um, and then I call my boyfriend so or my ex-boyfriend. And we hadn't talked on the phone, really. Like, we had just texted. We saw each other in the garage, which I went over last episode about. Um, his friend was there. And it was a really emotional conversation. God, that it, it gutted me. Anyway, so that was the last time we spoke. Aside from just texting each other back and forth, like logistics of like, you know, do you have this Saturday off? Will this work? Yada, yada, yada. And so I called him, right? And it, it, and it wasn't like a, you know, you know how like sometimes when you are calling people who you don't normally call or something, you'd like send them a text message first. Like, can I call you or can you call me like when you're available? Yada, yada, yada. I didn't do that. 
because no time for that. So I called him. He answered. Obviously, he's like a little bit confused. So he's like, um, hello. And I was like, hey, how are you? What are you doing? And he was like, I'm at my parents' house just hanging out. And I was like, okay, cool. So the people who took my stuff, that was a scam. They stole my stuff. And he was like, what? Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah. So I talked them into bringing it back. And they're on their way right now to the apartment to throw my stuff out on the curb. Can you please go and get it? (laughs) Unreal. Unreal conversation. (laughs) And so I said that. And he was like, oh, my God. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, and he, oh my God, he like sprung into action. It was so great. Um, mostly, I feel because like, what the fuck was that phone call? You know. So apparently, after I got off the phone with him, because like he can't just he, yeah, he can go to the apartment and he can bring up some of the stuff or whatever, but like he can't throw the mattress on his back, you know, and he can't like. There are some two-party lifts, right, that need to happen with the move. So apparently after he got off the phone, he had to talk his brother and his dad into going and helping him because of the he couldn't do it all by himself. And they didn't want to. And I was like, okay, whatever. I kind of get it, right? You hate me. Um, You know, I was in a little, little terror in your son's and brother's life when he, we just broke up a few weeks ago and you, I get it. Okay. What, I'm sorry. But like, can you just, this situation is fucked. Okay. Like, do you not understand that? Like, this isn't normal. I know that I'm not asking you to do normal breakup things where it's just like, Hey, can you, you know, Give me my keys back. You know, some normal, innocuous, simple shit or whatever. This is involved. This is next level. I get it. But like, again, what I was saying last episode was just like, can we just try to imagine what other people are going through? And of course, I'm asking that because like, I want some empathy here. You know, could you imagine, Alex, my ex's brother, if you had to deal with all of this? I'm asking you for a little help to help me alleviate a sliver of the stress that I'm going through. I'm like, if I could be on my knees begging you, I would. I have to. I have no other choice right now. I am in the worst spot imaginable. Out of the kindness of your heart, don't even think about who it is. Don't even think that it's me that you have to help. I'm a human being. I'm a person. I'm another human with thoughts, feelings, capable of suffering. Please just think about that. And so my ex was able to talk them into coming with him to the apartment to be there for these scam artists to drop off my stuff. Thankfully, appreciatively, I just thank you. (laughs) Thank you for doing that. So they were able to bring up all my stuff back into the apartment. 
And of course, now my ex is like, you know, now what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I got nothing. I mean, I need to, I need to, I need to figure it out. I mean, we're back to square one now. Um, we lost some money, you know, in that. And luckily that's all we lost. I guess I lost a little bit of my dignity because obviously getting scammed is embarrassing and it's just takes a little bit it's an, it's an ego hit you know it takes just it it's just it hurts so all right recovering from that bouncing back <laughs> oh my god it was so awful so now i have to figure out what the fuck to do and now i don't trust goddamn anybody and now i need to look into you know those pods right where like they jump they um because i don't want anyone touching my fucking stuff anymore you know i want that shit locked the fuck up until it gets to me nobody's looking at it nobody's touching it nobody's going through it because that's another thing i had accidentally left my filing box which has my taxes in it it has insurance information in it it had my birth certificate in it, my passport, my social security card, my card that says I'm a part of the Indian Bureau of Affairs. Like it had everything of, like of me from it had everything. I'm such an idiot. I left it. But like when you are thinking about, OK, I'm going to be living out of a suitcase for the next few weeks, you know, when I was literally leaving Irvine, there were a few things that I forgot. And one of them was that, and I was freaked the fuck out about it. So I was like, German, can you please tape that shit closed? Like, use a whole roll of packing tape, tape that shit closed. Like, I don't know what else to do. Or, or I actually did ask him, can you take out my, it's in the personal file of my banker box. Like, can you please take out my birth certificate, my social security card, and can you mail it to me? Oh my God, I'm asking this man for so much. But like, this has got to be, this is a team sport, okay? Like, this is, team. we're, you have to be a team right now because, like, this shit is not normal. Like, this shit is, like I said, just, like, another dimension of stress and involvement. Like, if we don't work together, like, it's not happening. So, he was kind enough to do that. And I was fucking freaking out because now I'm, like, I don't want anyone near my fucking stuff so now i'm looking into you know where you just send like a box or whatever you know how like because u-haul has pods as well and then there's another company who i was looking at who also had that option where they literally just drop off a storage container to wherever you need it and um you fill it so i that was the idea I was going to rent one of these storage units. I was going to hire movers to like task rabbiters, literally. I don't know if anyone's familiar with the app task rabbit. They have movers. You are moving. I put in a thing that said you are moving stuff from an apartment to a pod, a storage container. That's it. So then the next thing that I ran into that was a problem again was availability. It was summer. That's when people move and, I was having trouble finding availability for the actual storage container. And 
they didn't have like a size that I needed. So I had to actually get the next size up because like, what are you going to do? And they were able to get the pod over there into at Irvine on a certain date. But of course, you know, I couldn't get the movers to move all my shit. And so I had to sit there for a few days and then like they couldn't pick it up, you know, until like a week later. And and then they didn't even know if they could. Oh, my God, that was another problem that we had. So I wanted to put the pod obviously in the parking lot um, in a spot that was close to the side of the apartment complex that my apartment was on. And those spots fill up fast. Like they have a garage, but it's only one spot per unit. But obviously they have two bedroom, three bedroom, whatever. People have multiple cars. And so the parking lot obviously fills up. And so I was asking my ex, can you please park your car there and save it for the pod? Oh my God. Another thing I had to ask of him, right? So then, but then he was like, we're going to work and like, I have to go, I'm doing stuff on the weekend, whatever. I said, oh, okay, I'm sorry, but like, oh. and so I think he ended up like his brother came and picked him up so his car would stay there and and then like yeah the pod came and he moved his car and they then they said we can't put it in that spot like the car that's next to it is parked all shitty so it's really close to the the spot and then there's landscaping on the other side and the way they drop off the pod is like it's this whole contraption that actually goes around the pod and so when they park the pod in the spot like they had to drive over the curb like with the landscaping and like they didn't want to do that but pretty much I talked to the pod guy and I was like bro I've been through fucking hell can you please drive over the landscaping like what the fuck please (laughs) like this is like just fuck up that landscaping I don't care like if the Irvine the apartment complex gives a shit I'll throw like throw money I will I'll pay for it I'll pay for that dumb hedge. Okay, please. So he did. Thank you. And dropped off the pod. All right. We're getting somewhere. Then I had to buy a lock, the whole thing. And then, you know, scheduled the task grabbers to come and move my shit. And I scheduled two of them, you know, because my ex wasn't going to do shit. Obviously, I didn't expect him to. You can help move my shit. You already did that once. Thank you so much. But like, I got this. So I understand. Um... So I hired two of them. They came and I asked my ex, can you please, if your dad's not doing anything, brother's not doing anything, like literally anyone, literally anyone, I'll take it. Please have somebody up in the apartment watching and somebody down at the pod watching. You know, I'm paranoid. I mean, I, I wouldn't even go as far as to call it paranoid, honestly, like my fears are justified. So he said, yes, one of my family members is available. We can do that for you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So they did that. They moved all my shit. Uh, the boxes started breaking because like the boxes had already been moved a couple times by people who didn't give a fuck about my stuff. And so that was great and cool. But they finally got it. And then my ex was texting me saying, I don't know if we're going to have enough room in the pod. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, my God. And I was like, how are you putting it in? Like, and, and of course, he doesn't give a fuck. He's just like relaying information. He doesn't give a fuck that they're like 
packing it in like dumbasses, like because obviously there are certain things you know you put in certain areas and i have a tv that's like going into a random pod like just jostled around there can you make sure that it's not just like fucking flying everywhere and but that's asking a lot you know so they were able to put my stuff in it, it all fit thank fucking god it was locked they came with multiple keys so my ex um kept a key he overnighted the key to me i even said they're not even picking up the pod for like a week you can send it like whatever mail but he overnighted it to me like <laughs> thank you um so i got the key to my pod it didn't even have the pod yet and yeah they didn't have any availability for the trucks to come and get my stuff until like a week later and so they came and they got the pod but they moved it to a storage unit because they also didn't have any availability for the trucks to bring it to colorado so I literally was in Colorado, finally moved into the apartment with my friend and just had an air mattress and the suitcase I was living out of and my cat and some things that I had gotten. My mom, we went to Costco and I got like a million Q-tips and a million tubes of toothpaste and a million things of deodorant and like that was it. That's all I had. You know, all my shit was packed and it didn't show up until literally a month later. Yeah where it showed up i opened it and i yanked my mattress out of there put it up because it was upstairs that the unit i was living in dragged it upstairs slept on it for one night and then um was able to hire some more task rabbiters to bring in my stuff because like I don't move anymore. I don't lift things. Um, I'm 30. So I, I, and it was like a hundred bucks altogether, you know, for two people to, and they moved my stuff up super quickly. I mean, it took them like 20 minutes. I was sitting on the couch. I felt like kind of bad because I was like, okay, we're just watching them and like smoking weed. But like, I also paid them, you know, it's not like I'm being like you're doing a job. So now whenever I move, I hire task rabbiters to move it for me because it's so convenient. Like that's probably one of the only great things that came out of this story was I realized that movers are 1000% worth it if they are reputable people. <laughs> so to say thank you, I mean, I couldn't thank my ex and my ex's family enough. I got them a thank you card and I said, I wrote in there, um, like, this card cannot convey how much I appreciate your effort, your willingness, and your ability to help me. Take care of each other, Shannon. And then I threw in a hundred bucks. That's all I could afford at the time. And I mean, I thought about addressing it to Santos moving in storage, but I didn't. <laughs> Um, that was a good joke, though. <laughs> oh, I still think about that joke. I yeah, this is a really funny joke. Anyways, I, yeah, it was just so appreciative then to help me. Um, I don't recall anything that was broken. I really don't. I think everything was pretty much actually fine. I still had my birth certificate, you know, all of that. And yeah. Moved into my place. I had bought a car. Everything was fine. 
I guess. I mean, I was actually still struggling with the post-acute withdrawal syndrome. When I was drinking, I just all my symptoms came back. It's literally like I was going through withdrawal again. I wasn't like a little asshole like I was before. I didn't throw anything into the wall. But um, I was still like struggling. So, yeah, that was in like March or no, I mean, June of last year. Then I got my stuff after all of that. And, yeah, my mom left. She even said, you know, that this wasn't a vacation. I, I can't remember how that came up in conversation, but I remember her saying it. I was like, oh, my God. Sorry. I'm sorry. But, yeah, that's the story. I can't think of really anything else that happened off the top of my head. I mean, that was a lot. I did call the person who arranged because they subcontracted it out. It's what I found out, you know? So, like, I paid one company and then they paid another company to actually do the work. And, you know, that other company was a piece of shit and fucked everything up. And so I called the first company and they didn't answer. I wonder why. <laughs> I was going to be really nice to them. I was not going to freak out on them at all. I was going to be really nice. Just so you know, if you need to move, you know, please be aware of this because I didn't even know this was a thing. I literally did not know moving scams were a thing. It's not something you hear about like, you know, when you get an email saying that you've won a million dollars. You know, everybody knows about that. But like, I have I had no flipping clue this was a thing. And then I started Googling it and there were other people who were like, you know, taken advantage of that had terrible experiences, like I said, where they steal your stuff and they hold it hostage and until you pay them like an egregious amount of money and then you pay it and you get your shit back and it's all broken and stolen and like, wow, like somebody's stuff, you know, and there's such a vulnerable position where they're trusting you with all of their worldly possessions and you just ruin you just ruin their shit and i mean there there were places where they didn't even get their stuff um moved they had to go back to say somebody was moving from california to texas well they had to go to some some place in um oklahoma in a storage unit that's where their shit was and again, it was all broken and stuff was missing. And they had to find a way to from, get it from Oklahoma to, to Texas. Dude, that, that, that stuff was happening. Like, did anyone else know about this? <laughs> was this just me? Because like, no, it wasn't just me. Because obviously those people didn't know about it either. But like, what the fuck? Literally, I, I felt so embarrassed, like I said before, because getting scammed for is just, it feels so stupid. You feel so stupid. And I kind of still do during this day, even though it was so long ago. And I mean, like, I was going through so much. Like, they really got me. I mean, not completely, because, like, I fucking called them and it said, bring myself back right now. And they did after saying racist stuff. But, like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. Watch the fuck out. <laughs> like, and again, like, I don't know anyone else who, th who this has happened to. 
Even people who I've met in passing, people I've met on dates, people I've met through being a journalist, I have never, if this would even come up, I've never met anybody who said, oh, yeah, that happened to me. Like, who, why does this happen to, why can't I trust anybody? Like, why does this happen? I don't get it. Like, why can't people just be fucking trustworthy and honest it's so stupid because I'm trustworthy and honest. And so obviously I expect other people to do that too. And when they're not, I'm disappointed. And like, it just makes me feel like my truthfulness, like like me being an honest person is for fucking nothing. But then I have to remind myself, I'm not doing it for other people. I'm not being honest because other people deserve it, even though they do. I'm being honest because I know that's what I need to do. I'm being honest because that's my moral compass. I'm being honest because my morals are strong. That's important to me. Okay? I don't care who you are. And I don't care if you do or don't deserve my honesty. Because there are some people I would say don't deserve nice things. Like these scam artists and stuff. But like, I'm still going to be truthful and honest because that's important to me give a fuck about you. Sometimes I do, but for the most part, I'm going to do it because of me. My moral compass is incredibly strong and I just have an insane grasp on what's right and wrong in terms of my values and my principles. So I will never stop doing that. However, situations like this definitely make me sad make me sad for humanity makes me my you know faith in humanity dwindles you know at this and you know especially when everything kind of piles on top of everything else you know where you just we all have that moment or those situations or those months or those years or whatever it's like everybody you meet it just sucks everybody one after another just sucks we've all gone through it i think but this, this was definitely one of those times where it's just like one after another, just like, wow, why is everything just happening when it rains, it pours? That's what they say. So anyway, <laughs> that's my insane story. My, I guess I don't even know if that's statistically improbable because that shit happens, apparently. Not to anybody I know, but they've scammed other people. And it's not because those people were stupid. It's because who the fuck does that? Honestly. So that was that. Please be careful. (laughs) And I will see you next time.